1: All right, guys, we are back. It's hard to believe it is college football we're going to be talking about. We got an opening day this Saturday, and uh, we're going to also not forget about baseball. We got Big Dave back from his travels. He's in Colorado. We're in Baltimore, Maryland, and we are ready to roll. What's going on, guys?
2: Well, I'm, uh, I'm ready, I'm focused. I know Dave is pumped up. You know, uh, we were chatting, texting last night, and he's just super excited to get back in the saddle and and be in front of screens because, you know, he's having way too much fun, John, this summer. I know other summers were, you know, a lot of cruises, a lot of promotional tours, where he was getting, he was reaping the benefits of how to, to be an edge better. An edge better is not always just winning. It's understanding how to, take the bonuses and maximize them. And that's what he did in years past with a lot of cruises. Well, now the guys in Mexico, the guys all over the place, going to concerts, literally having the time of his life. While I'm still in the office, yes, I do play golf, but I'm still in the office. And every night I get to see the Dave Miller show in the middle of the night, which which I'm sure he enjoys because I enjoy seeing it. I'm basically living through him. At this point, so, you know, but I'm glad that it's uh, football season and we could start actually, you know, rocking and rolling with, with the heavy volume that the onset is going to come 72 hours away. Is Dave on with us yet, or is he
1: uh, you there, Dave? I guess Dave's not on with us yet. We're,
2: we're waiting for Dave, so I'll, I'll give that so up I'm giving Dave. I'm giving Dave this whole shout-out. He's not even on the show.
1: Oh, I guess he's not. Geez. He's he's pro- he might have had that big night le- night last night. Uh, oh, always the case. Oh, the case. How are you doing? Oh, oh there he is. No, I struck. out. We were just talking about you. They must have just
3: put you through. No, I struck out last night. But uh, I will say, I was going to let you guys warm up. <laughs> Was it
1: how many innings did you go before the strikeout? How many baseball innings did we go before the
3: strikeout? Oh, I had a lot of fun and a lot of love. But no, no, no. (laughs) Anyway, you guys are funny. But I woke up solo. Uh, So, how's how's everything? I'm pumped, man. I mean, I've...
2: uh, Yeah, me too. It's been... I can't wait, man. And we're going to go over in the show a little bit later just uh, the different strategies that really we want the client to utilize very early in the season so he understands how to how to pace themselves. Because we know that, listen, there's a lot of opportunities when you see 40 games on average you know, at the start, and there'll be even more um, on a regular Saturday. But the volume usually is the killer for most square bettors. While, on the other hand, a guy like you that is finding edges all over the place – Volume is, you know, is a gift for us. It's it's a bonus, you know. When there's games, when there's a Monday night football game, stand alone by itself, it's a disadvantage to a guy like you. So wait, wait. that's what um,
1: Dave calls an island game, right, Dave? That's an island yeah, game. Yeah. Sunday night football, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday night football, Thursday night football. These are what we call. I I yeah, feel I mean, like singing I'm an island boy. Go ahead.
3: And and then, and then the handle is through the roof on those games. So. Um, usually, and usually, usually it's, it, it, there's one side that gets, you know, over 55% of the action. So, basic strategy in those, you either, you know, you get your money in super early there or, like, literally write a post. Literally post. So, we'll handle those spots. We'll be ready to go this season, boys. Cannot wait. Sorry, so, I'm so pumped, let, let me, let wait. me, um,
1: I got to talk a little bit because we got an hour. We're going to talk about college football. I don't want to forget about baseball. I just want to give uh Dave, it's funny because I don't know how active you are on social media. I don't mean you posting on social media reading. I'm a big reader on Twitter. I like to read all the gambling nonsense. And uh, it's kind of funny to me. I follow a couple of guys that are, you know, think they have a good opinion, think they're good. They're sharp. They got algorithms. And what I noticed was, and it, they all were heavy favorite chalk betters, And in the last week, all three of these guys, like a domino effect, posted, all right, I'm done with baseball. I'm going to wait till football. I'm going to take a little bit of a siesta. And and I messaged these guys, and I said, you know, this is what happens when you're highly on the chalk. I mean, and and again, I understand you always say small sample size. Right now, we've played over 2,000 games. I'll give you the exact number in a second and 59.9% of all the favorites have won 40.1% of all the dogs have won. And I love, look, I love baseball because of the dogs, 1829 games that are bettable have been completed. And what I said earlier in the season, I said two things earlier in the season. I was wrong on one. We'll talk about that. I take my lumps when I'm wrong. And I was uh, right on one. I said, dogs win. 40% of the time as of right now, dogs have won 40.1% of the time. Basically you just bet every dog you're four and six. And yes, you are up money, not down money without any handicapping where I was wrong though. I said the the Dodgers would be a losing team. Uh, The Dodgers as of right now, and it could end where they're negative. They're up $800 for the season. But what's amazing is just breaking down. And I do this homework before the show. The number one team in baseball. If you just bet only the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Orioles, you just you're, you you they they are so far ahead of every other team. Plus two thousand five hundred and twelve dollars, being sixty four and fifty eight. Mike the Ra- the Orioles. I keep saying the Ravens. The Orioles, the second best team on the money, is eleven hundred dollars worse plus $1,407, and that's the Mets at 79-46. and 46. What's interesting is the worst team to bet on right now, guess what that is? The Yankees. If you bet on every Yankee game this season, they took the place of the Dodgers. You are minus $190 with a team that is 76 and 76-48. And the reason why I'm giving you this little breakdown of baseball, which I know you really don't care about, Dave, is that I find it to be comical for non-professional bettors that go on Twitter and brag about their handicapping prowess in baseball, only play chalk, and then throw in the towel a couple weeks before football because it's the easy way to wipe the slate clean when they don't take any responsibility for the fact that it's okay to bet favorites, (laughs) you bet favorites, but they don't take any responsibility that they only bet favorites. Now, we can agree if you mix it up, dogs, favorites, dogs, favorites, okay, I can see that. Or if you're crazy like me and you only bet dogs, I can see that. But what's crazy to me is if you only bet favorites, knowing that you're only picking out a poll at 60%, I'm done with my baseball rant. For all you guys that are listening, know that I'm not going to forget about baseball each week till October 2nd Everybody's excited for football, but we got to not forget about baseball. We're going to have action till October 2nd. That's when the regular season ends. I will say that um, if somebody told me that the Yankees and the Mets are supposed to be, quote unquote, favored to have a Beltway uh, World Series, right now you'd have to be all over the Mets because if you can get a good price, because from a money point of view, the Yankees are the new Dodgers. Anyway, I'm done with my baseball rant. I know you really don't what? care about it, Dave. I just had no, to give no, it out.
3: I no, I, I care. What, would that, what do you think that series price would be, the Mets versus the Yankees?
1: I was hoping you were going to pull – I mean, the series price, I think, yeah. believe it or not, the Yankees would be the favorite. I think the Yankees – the Mets get – they're like Rodney Dangerfield. If you're old enough to know, they get no respect. And I think that the Yankees are more like the Dallas Cowboys. They're the public team. And I think that if you could get the Mets in a series price plus money, you'd have to jump all over it. But when when you
2: say series yeah. price, are you talking about the postseason? Yeah. No, World Series. Yeah. Are yeah, telling if they up. make it to the yeah. World Series?
3: Well, they can't play. I mean, yeah, right now that's, that's what, stands, what I was probably gonna be.
2: Yeah. I mean, but I think it's pointless to discuss that now, not knowing what pitchers are available, injuries. There's still a lot of baseball to be played all no. of September. So you're talking about the home stretch and the way baseball predominantly works and like all sports. I mean, teams that are hot late in the season going into the postseason are the ones that prevail. I mean, like look at the Atlanta Braves. They weren't the best team in the league. They had a, a okay second half of the season, but in the first half they weren't good and they just got extremely hot late and, knocked it out of the park in the postseason so you know it's it's right now it's great to be good like the dodgers are by far the best team in baseball and they prove it time and time again even though they're not profitable from a money standpoint overall i mean the team's got 80 plus wins already and they're just studs. and by the way every single night
1: by the way david uh colorado is plus 995 at home and minus 1294 away. So that statistic of taking Colorado at home has maintained itself all the way through the season. 54 and 70 plus money at home, plus 10 units basically at home. if you bet every Colorado home game minus 13 units on the road, um, So it just goes to show that some things can actually maintain themselves through the season.
3: It's unreal. It's unreal. Like, yeah, it's unreal that to me, that one's pretty shocking. That, yeah, twice they've been an awful team. Or two, what is that? Two years in a row or two and a half? Mm -hmm. How were they doing? Correct. 5470, bottom in the NL
1: West. Yeah. (laughs) Still bringing. But if I would tell you. But how about if I tell you this? In the AL East. Not one team is profitable other than the Baltimore Orioles, and they happen to be the most profitable team in all of baseball by a mile. Yankees, minus 190. Tampa Bay, minus 332. Toronto, minus 590. Boston, minus 725. Not only is the Baltimore Orioles the most profitable team in all of baseball, They are the most profitable. They are the only profitable team in the AL East. Why? They've only been a favorite fifteen times. They are ten and five as a favorite, and they are forty nine and fifty two as a
3: dog. Wow!
1: You got to be a dog. You got to be a dog if if you want to make money in baseball.
3: No, it's just some of those really shocked me like well the I know I knew the Oriole one but that Rockies one is unreal, you know. And then, and then Yeah, also, actually I'm looking it feels Go ahead like the Dodgers could it it feels like the Dodgers couldn't be doing any better and then you say they're 8 games up. So it's like I feel I feel well like on the good. money,
1: on the money. So if you bet on every Dodger game, right. You're up $847 for the season, but the team is 85 and 37.
3: But doesn't it feel to the naked eye exactly that, that, they're, that they're doing way better than that on the money still? I mean, it's. it's yeah. Well, the, yeah, it
1: does to the naked eye, but here's the problem. They've only yeah. been an underdog four, four times. Think yeah. about that. They've right. only been an underdog four times. They are actually one in three as an underdog. Right. They're 84 and 34 as a favorite. Crazy. Up 50 games as a
3: favorite. Yeah, blows my mind. So, well.
1: But, you know, I've been saying this for, this is our 300, you weren't on last week, Dave. This is our 354th consecutive show. 354th consecutive show. So, basically, seven years of shows. I go all the way. They're all archived online at sportsinsiderradio.com or the John and Mike show on Spotify. And I went back just for the fun of it. And I listened to the first show in April and the first show in every April and every April, you know, you always say small sample size just to for to, to at least take a little credit. I've been saying the same thing since April, seven years ago, dogs, dogs, dogs. Now I also said, on, in 2013, I posted a video how the Ravens are the only team that cares about winning, just a segue, winning and covering in preseason. What do we say about this team that is now 22-0, and has not lost a game till, since 2015, and the line steams up on the Ravens every preseason game, and it doesn't matter, they cover. And I do know, I don't know... If you were involved, but I know a couple of big groups that I've followed, they were pounding Arizona on um, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it was. I was telling Mike they were power- They hit Arizona. They hit Arizona on the money line, and then they hit the under in Arizona, and they went zero and three. And I'm thinking this reminds me of like chasing the Bengals or chasing Cleveland in regular season. On those years, they're just going to go against the Ravens every preseason game till it snaps. And it's just, it's just insane to me. So any, any opinion on this crazy streak of 22 in a row and covering and winning? No, no, no. I don't know. I mean, it's
3: yeah. It's speaking for itself. It's pretty crazy.
1: (laughs) And they're literally saying on the sidelines when they're literally talking about it. Like now it's like the cat's out of the bed. The coaches know on both sides, everybody's gunning for them. Mike, did you watch the game? Like, I didn't think they were going to cover. They looked like they were going to let him come down and tie it up, and then they were going to win by three in overtime. With a st- You know what I mean? Did you did you watch the game? Did you hear the commentary? They were basically saying, yeah, you know, oh, once again, the Ravens cover the number and win.
2: Come yeah, on, man. It's that's preseason. That's not... You can't. Yeah, yeah that's 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 I mean, I the think three. you're. No. I mean, he he covered... I didn't watch the I don't watch the oh. end of the games, Dave, in preseason. I, I literally spot yeah. watch my kind of guy. I spot, my kind of yeah, guy. I spot I spot watch preseason from a sports center standpoint, where I kind of get a. I mean, look, there's still plays being played because there's still edges in preseason. But from a entertainment standpoint, I absolutely won't watch it. I have no. There's no rhyme or reason why these teams do what they do at the end of this at the end of a preseason game. It's just are you not going go to go to the game, Mike? No, you just, the me? Ravens Absolutely are playing the,
1: the Commanders. Listen, they're not the a Ravens shot. are playing the Reds, The Redskins. Game. They're playing the. I can't stop. I'm going to say the so Redskins. What? It just done. Uh, um, the wash. The line uh, opened it's up painful, at six. Man. It it's is now very six and painful. A half,
2: seven they'll still cover and they'll win. Everybody will bet the other side. No, I mean, that's understandable. I'm not doubting the fact that there is this myth for whatever possible reason that means absolutely nothing and there's no consistency behind it whatsoever. The Ravens consistently have a NFL record of consecutive preseason games won. It's new every preseason the coaches know that they're they're throwing in like think about it like this if it's during the regular season and you have five different six different lineups throughout a, a you know four quarters chances are you're never going to get consistency because it's not the same guys the cohesion that are going through every single play in the playbook knowing how to run routes this is just different guys that they're throwing in there every single drive Every single quarter they're testing out guys they're testing out different positions for whatever reason, the Ravens stick through it, and that's I mean, like I said, the first game when that line was very good before it went up to four and a half, and we had it actually at two and a half, and I put out the wager that a month before I didn't do it because I knew exactly which teams and which players and emphasis on power I did it because. I follow the fact that I'm a Ravens nut and I have a good feeling that they're going to win their preseason game at home. That's it. There's no, like, I can never say there's a statistical edge that I'm picking this game because I, the market was good for the price. That's really it. And outside of that, it was just karma. Now, do I think they're going to win this game? Sure. I think they're going to win every game in the preseason because obviously they don't know how to lose. But statistically, and from a standpoint of a sharp better, I can't see how somebody outside of just strictly following market edges can handicap an actual preseason game. I just don't think it's possible. It's just my, my opinion. I just clicked the submit button at minus six. Go ahead. What were you saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> because, Dave, even if the game doesn't mean anything and you're playing the number. If you're playing the number and you're taking the position, the game is going to go over seven or hit seven. From a business point of view, not an emotional point of view, not being a Raven nut, why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you play it on Wednesday at minus six, knowing that you have a possible middle if it hits seven and a half?
3: Yeah, I won't be surprised if sure this point. game goes to. S- well, you don't know for sure the line's going to go up. Plus, it is a preseason game tough to have a big number in a preseason game. That's a Seven big number in a preseason game, that's for sure. Right. It's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Well, five, five and a half
2: is huge in a preseason game. Yeah.
3: Is there five and a halves out there and you just
1: laid six? I'm looking at the screen. I see six at the lowest anywhere. Maybe I got the wrong. Maybe I got a delay here or something. I don't see five no. and a anywhere.
3: No, I'm not staring at that right now. But, yeah, as long as there's not reputable books that have a five-and-a-half. No, nobody like, does. No, nobody does. terrible. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody All does. Right. Nobody does. Okay. You know, cool. and
1: again, th- this is – if I would have told everybody on March 31st, uh, just bet the Orioles every game and wait till preseason starts and bet the Ravens call it a day. We'll come back in, in August. Who would have thought that? I mean, I, I, what is your personal opinion from a betting point of view on what What I was going to ask you, Dave, last week, and you weren't on the show, is it seems to me that in baseball they don't adjust the line. They're not pulling down the odds on the Orioles. They're just, this team is just rolling as a dog, and they just keep making them at up. Like, there's no adjustment. Like, are you surprised in that, or is it just... The handle's not as big, so they don't they're not they don't put as
3: much emphasis on it well, they just kind of i i think that they think they'll be i don't know maybe well, I don't know if they are adjusting the number, but they they have to adjust it to the fact that they're are they are rolling i mean they have to adjust it well, somewhat. and if they, if they well, don't the betters do it's that simple well but Just to continue
1: on the home team scenario, I didn't give you the other stat. The most profitable team at home in baseball, by a mile margin, is the Baltimore Orioles. They're plus 19 units at home. They're plus six units on the road. They don't lose at home. It's kind of like the Ravens. And like today, they're playing. Go
3: ahead. No, they can adjust the number, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that that's kind of a the adjust the number term is kind of vague. But they can adjust it, and they're still just rolling. You know, so they're, maybe they're just that much better than just everyone perceives, you know? The bettors, the bookmakers, baseball experts, maybe they're just that much better, you know? Because, yeah, it, to be up 25 units and the season's not even over, that's crazy. But didn't the Rockies right. do that last year? Or was, was it like 20? They did. They did. They
1: did. They yeah. did. They had a much, and yeah. almost all the 25 units last year was them winning at home. So they're actually I think, up 10 units I think, this year not doing as well at home as they did last year. What are the Orioles like to win the American League? Um, I'm going to log in and check why you guys are talking. Um, why you, I'm looking... Yeah,
3: yeah, you would think there'd be some value on that, even if if they're just not if if they're blowing out like the day-to-day numbers. Well, I mean, covering them, you know, you would think there'd be some value there, but I can't see that being too high, like even like fifty to one. I mean, is there value? I, I don't know. What's I don't that
1: crazy know, ticket uh, Micah has on it, uh, Mike?
2: What's that? Micah has some crazy futures play on. Um... On, on got, the, on he the, has, he, I know you keep bringing this up, but it's he has them to win the AL East, which is very hard for them to do because the Yankees are so far ahead. What was that got price? Something he a really stupid. good price. I'm trying to remember. It was something really big. Because remember, they were, they were supposed to be the, the worst team in baseball going into the season. Maybe top, bottom three in baseball so overall. He, so but right
1: he, now... You can bet it right now. Yankees are minus twenty five hundred. Baltimore's plus twenty thousand to win the AL East.
3: Uh, probably well, had him bigger he, than that. Well, my question is, why did he why did he bet that? Did he know they'd be undervalued this year? I mean, I think we should get know, him on the phone. That's that, that's. that's never, a, um,
2: well, you know, well, he's he a baseball to guy. So. Random. Yeah, he likes to he's these uh, random. Twitter guys that love futures I, think, he's and really,
3: well.
2: uh, I mean from a from a standpoint of c- complete gut feeling which you know he's a, he is a futures better he is a golf better with golf it's you know because I, I I've talked to a lot of guys with with golf specifically it's not a, an edge betting sport where it can be at least from my standpoint and the people I talk to it's it's not an edge betting sport where it's predominantly you could find good value. If you sprinkle it around for every single tournament, you have like five or six guys, you have a couple dark horses and you're expecting to win for you to be profitable three tournaments a year. Kind of like the same strategy people use for fantasy where those guys that are playing fantasy every week and they're maxing out every lineup, they might lose Two hundred three hundred thousand a weekend, but it only takes for them to win a couple of those million dollar tournaments for them to to be yeah, profitable a so I think there. yeah, no, that's a yeah I mean those are the
3: I they, play, and they, they take their
2: swings they're happy with it because they know it's part of the game they're not you know it's those guys are seasoned pro betters like you Dave, where they don't waver, they don't sit there and jump up and down when they they have a winning day they don't they don't. They're not too down on a losing day because they know that ch- in with the trends comes losses, and you have to have enough gasoline in the tank to overcome the bad. And most guys we talk to, Dave, don't have the discipline, can't handle volatility, and are the just crybabies. So I, I hate to say it, but a lot of them just is on a good day they're your best friend. On a bad day, they want to talk about yesterday's results and. The game, you know, I have an over and it's two nothing. So what? So what? Okay, the system didn't work that day. I'm still up 20 games on the season on my overs model. I'm not sitting here whining and complaining that I had a one and two day. It's part of the system. I run the model every day. I don't waver. I don't change the variance. I don't gamble. And for the guys that have been with me since mid-May when I started first started running it, remember you were on the show when I told you I'm releasing it in a couple of weeks. I need more data. That's, that's what I've done. All summer is produced. So, you know, it, it's just funny to see the immaturity from grown men from time to time where you're like, dude, how are you an adult? How do you own a business? It's like when it comes to this stuff, it's like they want to be. You know the the armchair quarterback the following day and tell me exactly why that other team was better that they were on the yeah. other side with with our selection. You know it's always that.
3: Yeah, nobody nobody solid even talks about the results unless no I don't know, it's something crazy unless something crazy happened or they're settling up money or I, I don't know. Stolen Mike is he even wins futures bets and doesn't even talk about them. I just all the people that talk about results daily yeah nobody saw what does that. It's just a number in a book or in a computer, and that's that. No, and that's you know that that comes from experience
2: and, and being around sharp people for now a multitude of years. In my behalf, you know, when I talk to clients, I, I used to be a lot more animated, where I, I felt like I cared more, Dave. you know, in the, in the early years when we launched um, the business model. With with your backing of you being this you know trader, and we're we're trying to completely be different in a in an ecosystem of where everybody wants to be the guy that knows the guy that knows the guy, and that's how these guys are buying into the the hoopla, right? And then you come from a standpoint of a lot of Facebook, I mean, sorry, a lot of Instagram lives, a lot of education, free YouTube similar to John, right? And in all of that you're doing a lot of free education which all these other guys don't do. And when a client calls, he can't unfortunately separate himself from a bad experience he had in the past and he thinks that every future every future experience is going to have the same outcome. But they don't want to change their ways. They don't want to manage risk. They want to they want to be told that there's a game on the board tonight. That is an absolute lock, and I start laughing. I don't even know what to say anymore I literally just start laughing. I'm like, i mean, let can't be this and and uh, the uh, you know there's' I'm something start called, with, um, i'm gonna start having them call Dave, John, I'm gonna have them start calling Dave when they start telling me the line say' yup, up, here's here's his, here's his number call', call him up
3: yeah. <laughs> No, they, And love, then when you, mean, you
2: when you go when he tells you in the return, he'll be like, Yeah, I have a lock. There's twenty six games that I want you to play at this number. That's a lock for the day. <laughs> but you know what? I've said that I've said this before, Dave,
1: and I, 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 I stand by my personal opinion. A lot of this is based upon the states that are now have legal sports wage. You've got to remember that most of these people that we're talking to are they're 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 playing at you know, licensed sports books in their state, just like you do in Colorado or in Vegas. And what's interesting is that if somebody wants, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, but I mean, it needs to be heard for the listeners. If you want to day trade on margin, according to the governmental regulations, you can only get margin if you have a $25,000 minimum deposit. They know that if you're underfunded, your likeliness of succeeding is goes way down. The problem with the sports book and the sports betting, any guy can or woman can open up an account with five. If I had a dollar for every guy, Dave, that calls me and they go, "I followed Dave on Instagram. I want to. I want the mentorship, or I want. I want to get access to all his Telegram selections." Uh, I had a guy talk to yesterday. He says, Yeah. I said, Where do you play? One of the legal places in, in his state. What's your account balance? I'm putting a thousand dollars in for the uh football season. I said, Well, what are you planning on playing average per game? He says one to three hundred. I mean, I can't this this that's insanity. So you're talking about ten to thirty percent risk on each individual game. You you then you, you want to bet less games because supposedly that's the less risky thing to do, to bet less games, to make more money when it's completely the opposite. You want to be betting half a percent to one percent of a much larger amount of money. And I think, like I said, in the old days I used to get very animated and irritated, but now I'm like the Ferrari dealership. You know, like I talked to this guy, um, you know, he he owns a $100 million company, and he and he wants to bet, you know, He's looking, you know, he, he's looking for seasonal results, and he's tracking every game daily, and he doesn't care about the overall long term. And I'm explaining him: the more money you put through the system, the better edge you have, and it's everything short term, short term. I, instead, I say you can't change stupid, and I'm not calling the people stupid because it's amazing, Dave. I talk to people that are. CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, they run hundreds of millions of dollars in their business, billions of dollars. When it comes, and, and they don't have any problem with that investment expense. When it comes to wagering, most of these people, by the nature of the greed of betting versus trading, it's all about taking a little bit of money with the dream of turning it into a lot of money. Now, I agree if you're going to do that with futures and you're going to take these long shots for a whole season, great. You want to go in there and you want to bet the Baltimore Orioles at plus gazillion to one as a lottery ticket, and then you may get lucky, great. But on a daily basis, I still maintain and I think everybody is in agreement that the money that you have as your bankroll is no different than the gasoline that you have in your tank. And I don't think that you're going to get in your car, Dave, and drive on a quarter tank from Colorado to Las Vegas and expect not to run out of gas.
3: Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that's right. Right? You're right on that. Yeah, that's right.
1: You don't I mean and your video that you did with Spencer which lays it out, you've gotten 350,000 views on that video. The most interesting thing that I could say about that video is that it was probably more informative than any other video that's out there on the internet. And with 350,000 people watching that video, you still get clients, potential clients, that call after watching that video and then literally will say, I really understood everything in the video. I like what I see. Um, But could you just show me what you got tonight to see if you could win a game?
2: (laughs) It's like...
1: Twilight Zone stuff, you know. Like, did you really watch the video? Because if you did, then you need to go back and rewatch it again.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so the, I want to I, I want to go over a few things because we have twenty minutes left. Because I I did tell a lot of our listeners do talk about what some we'll kind football. of go ahead. We'll we'll do a little quick rundown. These questions, a Q and A for Dave. Um, that I want to basically ask him and kind of get his opinions because I know he's he's ready. He's back in the saddle. Things are going to start moving very, very quickly. So, first, what strategies do you utilize early on in the season that really set up that, that long-term marathon race?
3: What are you looking for in the early weeks? Um. Well, more more playing numbers than just the later weeks. So you're just kind of going into it and you're, and you're not, not a hundred percent playing numbers, but you know you start to see some, some 54s turning to 55s and you're, you're going, all right, this is a good overspot. And then, and then you, and then you'll, you'll go with it. And then, and then later in the season, you're, you're less of just randomly playing numbers and thinking more about it. That's how I handle it. Um, so just a, just, post-betting, just post-betting, to post-betting
2: dumb it down. Got it. So just to well, dumb it down, because I, I know your lingo. For the client that's listening, what he's doing is he's strictly finding the edges on the actual numbers every single day early in the season, and he's not doing much more emphasis in doing the other stuff, which is how this team played against the division, how they play on the road for the like. There's a lot more. Is that? Am I saying that correctly? There's just a lot more things that go into it midway through the season than it is just numbers. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But at the beginning, you, you. But at the beginning, you really don't have much to go on, and and you'll see some of the, especially in college, you'll see some of the games just move so much, you know, because because the, the moves are a lot stronger in the first few weeks traditionally and then i think i think waiting till post in nfl is definitely a good default strategy this year and i, I wouldn't fault anyone for doing it on every single game just kick just kick back and but you have to have the discipline to pass on the ones that that are that are that got worse on you but like yeah it, the handle's kind of going up and and Around the country, because of all the legalization, and some of these games really moved a lot again last year. You'd see like eights turn into twelve and a halves with no new information, or threes would be pick 'em, and and, and I felt now, like they've they moved a yeah too much last year. So I'll probably I'll and probably ideally, thought post and, and ideally for
2: college. Do you think it's because? there's more activity in more sports books across the United States versus before it was basically Atlantic city. And it was only in Vegas where now you're talking about, you have clear sports book activity all across the nation where people don't have to take those flights. It could be an every weekend thing. Is that why you think on, on Saturdays, the lines move just,
3: Unorthodox, well, just move no. four points like that. No, I'm well. No, I meant like most people listening to this have a ha, are probably in a legalized state by now, and I was just kind of saying the, the offshore still kind of move the price globally, but mm-hmm. you would see you would see like a three offshore and on these apps you could almost get you get a minus two and a half somewhere or a plus three and a half somewhere. So it really makes sense now with with so many with so many apps I and mean, way more, and and the fact that they get out of line because of their own handle right before the game starts. That in pro you wait till post, and then the college, the college. I'm just saying in the first few weeks, it, the games always move like that. You know, you see crazy moves. Like you'll see next week, totals move like six points, or you'll see. Yeah, you'll see like a pick'em go to like four. You, you know, you'll see that on next week's games. You see that every. Got week. it. So, yeah, more yeah. playing numbers in college early. And just yeah. for well, a clarification,
1: uh, for everybody that's listening, there's 52 states in this country. We all know that. Plus, we have Washington D.C. Currently, right now, 51 percent of the jurisdictions in this country have a legalized sports wagering. 27 places have legalized sports wagering, 24 states, I'm sorry, 26 states plus the District of Columbia which is not a state. And then you have 25 states that would rather they leave their state and drive over the border to the other state for wagering. So you have 20 you have 25 states that still believe it or not don't have legal sports wagering we will call those the red states predominantly that want to remain red as in not get the green revenue from sports wagering it just happens to line up that way so texas uh it's interesting because the the uh you know the bible belt where you have the most where you have the largest players is where you don't have the legalization from me doing this for 35 years so they just made massachusetts legal it'll be interesting once I mean, if Texas ever became legal and Alabama and Colorado, it would be the only Bible Belt state uh, where sports wagering is legal. That's it in the entire South is uh, two states, excuse me, Tennessee and Mississippi. So if you you look at the Southeast United States, I-E-S-E-C, it's interesting. There's only two states where sports wagering is legal, Tennessee and Mississippi, everything else off the board. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys the real numbers. I followed on a sports bill tracker, uh, so we're we now twenty-seven out of fifty-two. Go
2: ahead. No, I mean that's you know it's understanding this. A lot of a lot of players that have turned professional have have made the pilgrimage to states where there's more beneficial opportunities for them. Um, so that's that's always an option for many people that want to change professions, but. I wouldn't recommend it. If you're not going to put 100% into it, it's a waste of your time because what's going to happen is it's, the dream doesn't become reality. It becomes too big. But if you want to do the easy route, the easy route is jumping on Dave's Telegram, getting access to all of his releases in real time. Our whole emphasis behind Telegram is speed. We're not manually texting anyone. We only give you sharp number plays that Dave will put money on himself. If that number is gone, that play is gone. There is no buying to the number. There is no thinking that if you miss the game, it's a big deal. We are volume players. One game doesn't make a difference. What is going to make a difference is if you bet the game and lay 130, yeah, on that individual game, if you lose, it may not matter. But if you do that over a scale of a hundred games, that's a huge price differential. So, you know, we will teach you the strategies of staying disciplined, no matter if you miss a couple games because your alternate book happens to have a different number. That's just part of the business. You know, the advantage. Yeah, I want to ask.
1: I want to ask Dave a question because um, we got like seven, ten minutes left. Dave, the, does the whole what do you think what well so for tell all the viewers out there what's the hold of a sports book when they put these public companies these states list their hold what's the hold i'm looking at the graph right here current hold as of last night in each individual state so in sports betting what do you what is the hold for all the viewers out there listeners that's their profit
3: right yeah yeah it's got to be more than 4.5%, I mean, with the parlays. So,
1: listen, i got to give this to you, Dave. This is going to give you a heart attack. As of yesterday, 8%. you ready? As of yesterday, the hold in Montana on sports betting is 13.5% since January 1st. The hold <laughs> in Mississippi is 11.2%. The hold in Maryland, where I am, is 11.4%. The hold in Washington, D.C., is twelve point four percent the hold in arkansas is ten point five percent now the lowest hold in the united states of all legal states is colorado six point one percent you imagine if colorado six point one percent hold and you have a 13 percent hold in montana
3: when you move into montana Well, I mean, that comes down to just less sophisticated betters in Montana. I mean, that's exactly what that comes down to. And, and they're probably like the the amount of people doing parlays there compared to other places is probably a lot higher. I, I mean, look, get, Maryland and
1: Washington, D.C. are horrible, 11.4% and 12.4%. <laughs> and Mike, how we doing over here? They're all parlaying themselves to the trash can.
2: Well, you know, it's the, the, the thing is, everybody oh. wants to overvalue well, life. Just keep it simple, it, man. Exactly. <laughs> and by
1: the way, Dave, just so you know, the lowest hold, which you obviously know, the sharpest bettors, is in Nevada, 5.6%. So Nevada and Colorado right. are basically the sharpest players. And then when you get into these southern just jurisdictions, including here, Wow, it is mind blowing. I have never seen hold numbers like this in my life. But anyway, I just had to divert. So I had to share that with you guys
2: out there listening. Oh, okay. No, so I get it. To, so, just uh, just to finish off, because I know I, I was giving a, a huge football preview, and now that we have you on the show, we haven't had you in three weeks. A lot of people were tuning in. Um, finally. Now that it's here, what type of schedule are you putting yourself on? Is it just every day, all day, go time? Or is this something like, what if a client joins your mentorship and gets access to all your plays for a season, what type of volume is he looking to expect, you know, daily?
3: Um, you this, might not be able to answer well, that question exactly, but yeah, it's hard to just give a number of games. I mean, just anything that is a perceived edge, we would just release it on Telegram. No,
2: so, that's that's but, what I yeah. want to
3: hear—not exact number,
2: but what the actual focus of going in. It's just edges, sides, totals. We have second half opportunity. Anything that we get our
3: hands that's on from uh a, a standpoint. That's no, that's hard. Second half's hard. I mean, people. It moves so quick, and then we could say, hey, pick them, and all of a sudden it's one, and people will go, well, do we lay one? It, the second half, is we tried that. That's hard. We kind of just want the market flat so people can get in what we're Got doing. It. So no second half. Um, yeah, just throughout the week, post-betting. And, yeah, we'll just put each one in telegram in real time. And it's all about real time. You know, same price or pass in real time. Don't try to, like, don't try to take it worse. We sound like a broken record saying that, but it's obviously really important. Well, it's, um,
2: remember, it's, a new, it's yeah. a new season, a lot of new clients, so it's not a broken record. It, the, the fact is we're consistent, and what we do happens. To, we just replicate it year after year after year. It's a profitable business model that, I mean, I'm telling you, Dave, I have clients that have been on your Telegram channel. This is the fifth year. Like, just year after year, they just get it. And those clients I don't hear from every week. I don't even hear from them, you know, maybe once a month because they just get it. It's like maybe in the first year they were up and down and they always wanted to comment, but now they just get it. It's like they rather take the the long-game approach where they're not excited about tripling their bankroll on Saturday, which a lot of bettors are going to want to look for. They're going to want to look for those 10-team parlays they're going to want to look for those, you know, what we see on the Internet as, you know, those tickets, those mega tickets where somebody risked $10 with 20 player props and, and hit for 50000 right? So that's what people get excited about, and they think that it's a, it's a common theme when in reality that business model, that's like basically playing the lottery every day. Somebody could play the lottery their whole life and not hit, but there's going to be people that do hit the lottery, and those results are – posted on social media and somebody getting a huge big check for millions of dollars so it's like do you want to play the lottery or do you want to have consistent returns with a with a proven business model that could be replicated every year so I know the answer to that you know the answer to that John knows the answer to that it's I mean I'm selling par- I'm gonna sell
1: a parlay program to uh, all the guys in Montana now that I know the whole <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's funny. But
2: uh, I'm excited, man. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm actually, Dave, I'm going to week one Ravens Jets. I got an invite to Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands in New Jersey. So I'm going to be there for 9 11 in New Jersey for the Jets Ravens game nice. opening
3: day. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I'm pumped. There you I'm still going that to that the Seattle,
2: Seattle
1: game?
3: School. Yep. Sure am. Pretty I'm still, well I'm still waiting right, for my tickets. Still waiting for my That'll tickets. That'll be the level. Yeah, that'll be the last place that I go. That'll be the last time that I go until like April or May. i will go somewhere. So we're all going to meet. Oh, we're, the
2: Ravens are playing Seattle this year, right?
3: I don't know. Are they,
2: or, or am I wrong? Didn't we talk about this before? Oh, uh, you guys. Maybe I'm wrong. A good schedule. No, I don't think they do. This was this was another year where we were talking about it. We've been doing this for so long I get it all confused. Yeah, it's not this year. Not this year. But the Broncos are coming to Baltimore December fourth.
3: that your second what, what, team day? What 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 is that like what key, what day is that of the week?
2: I assume December fourth at one o'clock would be a Sunday.
3: Okay. Just curious if it was one of those
2: No, they don't have those Saturday games and stuff until later in the season. Not till in, in January, yeah. And then every now and then you'll get a you know, a Thanksgiving game or you'll have a Thursday night game or a Saturday night game. But for right now, I don't think they flexed it, obviously. But that that's a good matchup with Russell Wilson coming into Baltimore, so very cool. Very excited for the season.
3: Absolutely.
1: Are you ready to rock and roll on these Saturday games? You're going to be in this in the driver's seat this Saturday?
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Can't wait. We'll be there. We'll be going.
1: Got a lot of key numbers right now for all you guys before the show ends. Nebraska 13 and a half, Florida Atlanta, Atlantic 7. And uh, like I said, we, the first game starts at uh, 1030 in Colorado, Dave, and the last game ends at 930 in the evening. It's a short Saturday card. Obviously, opening day, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games versus the normal (laughs) 40-50. There
3: you go. So for all you guys, this is it?
1: Yeah, warm up. Yeah, it's a warm-up session, exactly.
3: Yeah, that's how I look at it. Um, like
1: I said, Utah state is the, the game that's going to probably get the most play from uh, as they open up as a 27 point favorite. And then the next week they are a 38 point dog at Alabama. So we shall, I've never seen a line series flip between two games like that in my yeah, life.
3: I uh, was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts.
1: Totally nuts. But again, the average person is even going to be keyed in on that. Um, like I said, you know, it's interesting with what I like to call the sandwich spots or the look-ahead spots, something I learned a long time ago, you know, don't always look at the team that day, always look at also who are they gearing up for the following week. Uh, so, you know, I will not be surprised if Utah State, this is the biggest favorite they are the entire season, and they roll and cover the number, and then all the wise guy, then the public will be like, oh, they're getting 38, and then obviously Alabama comes back and clocks in 5.50. We'll know next week. Back next Wednesday, guys. Listen live. Sportsinsiderradio.com. Talk to you
3: guys next week. Good day and good luck.